When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. Kendrick Perkins, Brian Wenhorst, Stephen A. Smith. I'm Molly Karam. And as you just saw, the Draymond Green repercussions were handed down last night. Gentlemen, let's dive right into it. The NBA has suspended the Warriors' Draymond Green indefinitely. The league made that decision after taking into account Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts, noting he's eligible to return once he meets certain league and team conditions. The discipline was announced a day after Green was ejected from his third game this season, this time for striking Sun Center Yusuf Nurkic in the face. Okay, Stephen A., let's break it down. What do you make of the indefinite suspension? Sad. Because it's well-deserved, there's no way around this. The league had to do what it had to do uh, because of the repeated transgressions of Draymond Green, who's now been suspended four times in the last nine months. There's no way around it. Uh, They had to do it. I was incredibly taken aback, uncomfortable with the word indefinite, uh, but primarily because I know it was deserved. Uh, There are issues that are going on with Draymond Green that only Draymond Green knows, or at least he knows most intimately. Um, And those issues are things that he clearly has not been able to keep off the court of play. And as a result, um, his actions are a blemish on the league. It's a blemish on himself. It's a blemish on the organization. Um, And as a result, you have to do what you have to do. And so Adam Silver and the league clearly has made a statement here. Uh, they're demanding that he addresses his issues. They're scheduled, as Wendy pointed out in his uh, exceptional reporting, um, in terms of uh, you know them getting ready to meet with Rich Paul and others, um, and, and obviously Mike Dunleavy Jr., the, the new GM for the Golden State Warriors. Make no mistake about it, the Players Association had to be involved in this. You can't just unilaterally make that kind of decision, and they don't have any idea. They have an idea, and then we got to take into account the fact that Andre Iguodala is the interim executive director of the Players Association, who's a longtime warrior and a former teammate of Draymond Green, like as recently as last year. And so for everybody to be involved, there's nowhere for Draymond to go. He has to deal with his troubles, no question about it, because when you're looking at a former teammate, who is a friend of yours um, on one side, meaning the Players Association, and on the other side is the league office. um, And in terms of discipline, that's led by you know, the VP for basketball operations, the man himself, Joe Dumas, who's a mentor to Draymond Green. Where are you going to go? These are people who know you intimately. And they're not just judging your actions. They're judging your intent. They're judging your state of mind. He has no wiggle room around this. The indefinite status of this suspension is appropriate. Um, it needed to be a minimum of 10 games. Um, I suspect it will be at least that, if not longer. And the only thing that I could say in closing is that he's very, very lucky. Uh, and put, uh, please put Kendrick Perkins and Wendy up on the screen. He's very lucky that Adam Silver is the commissioner instead of the late David Stern, God rest his soul. Because if this were David Stern, I don't think there's any question that Draymond Green would have been suspended for the rest of the year. 
And I think everybody that knows that knows how the former commissioner operated and how big he was on discipline and making sure that people didn't impugn the integrity of the league with any sort of violence. I think everybody knows that what I'm saying is the truth in that regard. That's where I'm at with it. You know what? It's fair. Right. And I'm not talking about a state fair or book fair. I'm talking about it's fair for both sides. And when you talk about the late David Stern and you're right, Stephen, it would have been a harsh, way more harsh, severe punishment for Draymond Green. But this is the beauty of having Adam Silver. And this is why guys in the league shouldn't take him for having Adam Silver as the commissioner for granted. When you think about Draymond Green and you think about his uncanny behavior over the last few months or since the start of the season, you know, we they had to set a bar. And he's really lucky that the word indefinitely, indefinitely is right is there and not a set amount of games. Because with the league, what the Players Association is saying to him is that, hey, Draymond, we are here and we actually care about you. We're going to put the ball in your court. We're going to allow you to de- to help determine how long you're away from the game of basketball, meaning how, how are you going to cooperate? Are you going to hold yourself accountable? Stephen A. I bo- and Wendy, I brought this up earlier about my incident when I had to go to anger management. Going to anger management, one, you have to address that you have a problem. Number two, you got to figure out a way to cooperate while you're while you're trying to resolve the issue. And number three, you got to take full accountability of your actions, okay? And so when I think of Draymond Green, we know what he has done in this past. We know for us being a four-time NBA champion, uh, uh, Olympic gold medalist, uh, I think a four-time All-Star, Defensive Player of the Year. But my thing is, is his legacy. And Draymond Green do not want to be remembered as a guy that, you know, was being suspended and let that overshadow what he has done for the game of basketball and how he's changed the game of basketball for us being a power forward that could play center and anchor a defense in small ball. I think one of the most telling things that happened in this whole last 48 hours was when Kevin Durant came out last night and talked about how this isn't the Draymond Green that he knew when he was his teammate. And Kevin Durant is not one to toss around, um, you know, any criticism at other players. And I think what Kevin was articulating is now the phase that we're all in. This was not a meeting of the minds yesterday to talk about a punishment because what this, um, you know, message is, is that this is not about punishing Draymond. Frankly, Punishment does not work. That is very clear. You know, a year ago, he had the incident where he punched Jordan Poole. He announced he was doing his own process and taking, you know, these are his words. He said, I'm going to take some time away and work on myself. He came back from that. And as you said, Stephen A., four suspensions have followed. Four. So clearly the deterrence of punishment, the, the, you know, the, the opportunity for him or the Warriors to handle this has not worked. And so this is a major shift that the league is making. It's not a shift that I have seen very often. It may be almost unprecedented, um, maybe a little bit with, with some players who've had disciplinary problems like a Ron Artest Meta World Peace, where this is no longer about punishment. This is now about finding the cause. And it's what uh, Kevin Durant was articulating, and I think it's what the people who know him best, and that includes Joe Dumars, who has a major role here, and it includes Andre Iguodala. As you said, Stephen A., 
You don't, you don't suspend a player indefinitely. That is not something the union would stand for unless the union is sitting at the table. And in this case, Andre Iguodala, who's just a couple of weeks onto the job as the acting executive director of the Players Association, has a huge role here of a man he knows extremely well. And it would be very interesting to see what he thinks, having seen a difference in the way Draymond Green has operated over the last year versus the time earlier in his career, what Kevin Durant was saying. So that's what this is about. And I agree. I don't think this is about counting the number of games or counting the number of days or counting the number of missed paychecks. This is about making this the last suspension of Draymond Green's career because he's got a four-year, $100 million contract. The Warriors are not done. I know it looks very bad for them, and it's easy to kick dirt on them right now. They, th- this is not what their plan is. They've got Steph Curry. They've got Andrew Wiggins. They've got Draymond. They want to keep Klay Thompson. They don't want this to be over. And they need Draymond Green to address this situation. And now this is a whole village that is basically being assembled in this last 24 hours and will be, um, you know, developed in the coming days. And it includes his agency, you know, Rich Paul. Rich Paul's handled every situation in the NBA. And that's what this is right now. Well, here's the big thing, too, as well. Uh, We have to understand it's, it's two choices. The Warriors and the NBA want this resolved. They want Draymond Green to overcome whatever ails him. And so they this doesn't happen again. Because if it does happen again, he may get thrown out of the league. We need to we we need to say that because it's important that we recognize that that's the, that's the severity of this situation involving him right now. When you have the players' association that essentially signs off in an indefinite suspension, when you have the league that is invoked in an indefinite suspension, when you have an undetermined amount of time where as as it pertains to how long he'll be gone and when he'll get back, costing them one hundred and fifty four thousand dollars per game if it's less than twenty game suspension and if it goes to more than 20 games it's a 203,000 per game suspension that's a lot of door whatever but it's not even about that at this particular moment in time what it's really really about is his career because if you're the Golden State Warriors the reality is is that you want him there or you want him gone you don't want to trade him. You don't want him to go to another team. Another team at this particular moment in time probably wouldn't want him because the best ability is availability. And if you're getting suspended all the damn time, nobody's going to want you. But I also think it's important what you brought up about KD. KD, I'm glad you said that. KD does not talk about his his, his contemporaries. He does not speak. Uh, he does not reveal private business. He doesn't do stuff like that. He doesn't speak out the way that he did. And even though he spoke up for Nurkic, the words that he used is incredibly profound. When he sat up there and said, you know what? He clearly got a problem. I, I hope they give him the help that he needs. That's a big deal. When Nurkic came out, I was on first take yesterday when y'all saw me. And the first words out of my mouth was when, when I said, Draymond's got a big time problem now. When Nurkic says, I don't know what's wrong with that brother. So now the perception is amongst the players, they're not safe when they're on the court with him. That's the impression that the audience, the viewing public received yesterday from listening to Nurkic and then again to Kevin Durant last night, combined with the indefinite suspension that was handed down to Draymond Green. He is in a world, in a world of trouble if he doesn't get his act together and make sure that stuff like this does not happen again. His time is running out and, 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 and you know, it, it's just the way it is. You know what? I'm starting to actually look at the Golden State Warriors a little different right now during this situation. You should. You should. Because, because if Nurkic 
could go out and say that that brother needs help after the incident. And we heard what Kevin Durant said last night about this incident, that he's this ain't the Draymond Green that he know. I'm pretty damn sure that the Warriors been knowing that this behavior or something that's going on with Draymond Green, and they didn't think to, you know, hey, let, let me get him some help before putting him on the floor. Listen, the, 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 the basketball court for players is supposed to be your sanctuary. That's supposed to be your safe place. That's supposed to be a place where you're supposed to be free when you're able to get out there and block out everything that's going on in your outside world, in the outside world, and in your personal life. That's number one. Number two, okay, when I think about the Golden State Warriors and I think about what's going on right now, S.A., you somewhat called out uh, Steph Curry about, about his leadership, right? We have never heard or, or known anybody in the locker room to say that Steph Curry was a vocal leader. Just because you're the best player on the team doesn't make you the, the, the vocal leader. And that's why I always harp on Draymond Green being the heart and soul of that team because of his leadership skills and what he brings to the table. But I'm looking at the Klay Thompson situation. And, we, and, and Wendy, you just said, I think you, I believe you just said that Golden State wants him back. Do they really? Because the Clay Thompson that I'm watching right now, the Clay Thompson that I'm watching right now is struggling. And it has nothing to do with Clay Thompson's ability. I see a lot of people that are writing Clay Thompson off and saying, oh, he's not the Clay Thompson of old. Oh, he can't get separation of, uh, uh, to get his shot off and things to that nature. Well, maybe he's just not mentally there. Maybe he feels disrespected that they haven't reached a contract extension agreement. Maybe Clay Thompson is feeling some type of right. way. When you okay. want the best, real quick, when you want the best out of your players, when you want them to play at an elite level, you need your, clear, your players to have a clear head to go out there and perform. Mm -hmm. It's right. bigger than basketball even when you think about Clay mm -hmm. Thompson right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, let me say this. To piggyback off your point about Clay Thompson, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that, Kendrick Perkins. The, the, the Kendrick, I understand. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I don't want to hear it. And here's the reason why. You're a four-time champion. You're one of the greatest shooters that we've ever seen in the history of basketball. It's just that your, your, your backcourt mate is the greatest shooter that God has ever created. That's really it. The fact of the matter is you're not making shots if you're Klay Thompson. You can't get open. Most of it's contested. You can't create space. And you look like you aging, aging in dog years. Now, do I believe that he's going to overcome that? Yes, I believe in Klay Thompson. But I don't want to hear about a clear head. They pay him. He ain't been playing for free. When he was out for two years, he was still receiving a check. The reality comes back. They don't win the championship if it were not, if it were, if it were not for Klay Thompson helping Steph Curry. So we get that part. But in the end, they don't owe him anything. You know, they paid him when he played. He won championships. And now he's looking for big-time dollars, even though his skills seem to be dissipating. He needs to show that's not the case before Joe Lacob and Peter Goober and those boys give him, give him more of the bag. Plain and simple. Back to Draymond. Here's the deal, or Steph Curry, rather. Here's the deal. I understand that Steph Curry is not a vocal leader. I get that. But I got to tell y'all something. If this were LeBron James, if this was a teammate of LeBron James, we'd be all over LeBron James. Where's the leadership? Where's he at? What kind of impact is he having? I don't think that we should be holding... Steph Curry to lesser standards. There is a way to lead. You don't have to do it the way somebody else would do it, but you got to do it. I saw Jordan Poole walked by 
Draymond Green last year. You know who I saw following him off the court to the bench? Steph. None of us knew about it. They didn't talk about it in the postgame. But you saw Steph roll up on Jordan Poole and address him and was in his face and was talking to him because he was being disrespectful to Draymond Green during, during the game. Like, focus. Get your mind right. Don't be doing stuff like that. I'm saying you don't have to do it the same way. But Steph Curry... And his leadership, yeah, he's required to have some. And he's required to display some. And Draymond Green loves that brother and owes a lot to him. And maybe, and Draymond Green told me personally when, when, when he hit Jordan Poole, he said, man, the look on Steph Curry's face, it was almost like Steph Curry thought it was his fault because, like, he should have done something. He should have seen that something wasn't right and should have done more. Draymond said that about Steph. And that's how Steph he felt like Steph was feeling guilty. I'm saying there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to this, and Steph is not being blamed. Just like I'm not quote unquote blaming Steve Kerr, or whatever. But there is no doubt that organizationally, especially when it comes to the coach and when it comes to the star player, that there appears to be that more should have been done. And Andre Iguodala is living proof of that because as interim executive director of the Players Association, who's been in that locker room for years, who's won championships, was even a finals MVP, that dude is standing back and he's saying, yeah, I got to flow with this decision too. That tells you all you need to know about what wasn't being done in Golden State, like you said, KP. Yeah, but 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 that's say when you think about Braun and you think about Steph and you think about the leadership, it, it's night and day, right? Just I not just on the Absolutely. court, but just all across the board. But but let me say this: it, Bob Myers, right? Bob Myers, who is now working at, at our network. Bob Myers was probably the closest person to Draymond Green that actually could go in and tell Draymond Green what he needed to hear and not what he wanted to hear. When it comes to addressing Draymond Green, Draymond Green, it got to be a certain level of respect in order for Draymond Green to listen to you. And I'm not saying that he doesn't respect Steph Curry. I'm just saying it's not in Steph Curry nature. So that's why you see guys that are not in the organization that need to step up and tell Draymond Green what he needs to hear, like a Rich Paul, like a LeBron James. You know why I mentioned both of those guys, especially LeBron? The world knows how much Draymond Green looks up and value LeBron James as a big brother. So at this point in time, SA is just like you and I. And put us back on the screen. You call for the screen. I want to see you too when I'm talking to you. It's just like me and this me doing my media stuff. How many times you didn't pull me to the side and how many times you and I didn't have phone conversations and you didn't call me and you didn't say, Perk, I'm proud of you. And you didn't also call me and said, hey, this is what you need to do. You can't do this. You can't do that. Right. Constructive criticism as a big brother. And you know what I did? I took it in. You know why? Because I respect you as a big brother. And I know that you're not going to sugarcoat anything. You're going to tell me what I need to hear. And that's what somebody needs to do. And it doesn't have to be inside of the organization of the Golden State Warriors. Go ahead, Wendy. Well, there's two things that this, this move by the NBA yesterday signifies. Number one, it signifies that the Warriors are not going to be in, in, in control of this anymore. That their efforts, and I'm not really faulting them. I'm sure they tried everything they know how. The Warriors are no longer the arbiters of trying to control Draymond because it hasn't worked. Their efforts, their words, their actions, their conversations, it has not worked. That's number one. Number two, 
as is very clear, Draymond is out of defenders. Even as recently as that Gobert situation, you had Steve Kerr come out after the game and defend him. Now, he thought better of it after he saw the tape a little bit more and thought about it. But even Steve Kerr was defending him. There's not a soul in Golden State or in the NBA who's defending him now. So those are two situations where we're crossing the Rubicon here. We're in a whole new era. And that is the severity that Draymond Green is dealing with. And it happens to be occurring at the exact same time that the Warriors dynasty may be at the edge as well. And that makes this a fascinating, fragile, Mm -hmm. and very important situation for the whole NBA. And the whole NBA is now working on it. The Golden State Warriors are at a breaking point. I don't know if Draymond Green will be back as a Golden State Warrior. Mm. Yeah, and we'll I'm get not, hold into on, hold that. Hold on, hold on, Molly, Molly. Yeah. I'm quoting. Y'all figure out where I just heard that from. Yeah. I'll leave no, it No, absolutely. That. And Stephen A., we'll dive into that in just a bit. But as far as Draymond goes, obviously people even close to him, like a Kevin Durant, are seeing a change. So hopefully the suspension is productive. He can reflect, reset, come back better and stronger because it appears to be the last straw. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one... The majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. To the NFL we go. Dallas riding high after making easy work of the Eagles at home, sitting at 10-3, and tied for first in the division. And Dak Prescott is the frontrunner for league MVP in this weekend. They take on Josh Allen and the Bills in Buffalo. We're going to have our hands full. i got to make sure that I'm not you know, scripting my passes and, and making sure I'm switching my eyes up and my feet up so they're not, not able to jump some of our, our routes and just make sure we're good in protecting the football. 
We need Bills Mafia to be loud. We need Bills Mafia to, to show up in numbers and um, be ready to, to root us on because we, we absolutely need them, um, this game especially. So any, any false start, any delay of game, um, and even just the energy and the flow of what's going on, we feed off of Bills Mafia. So um, that's going to be a, a huge part of, of how, we, how we attack and how we win this game is, is going to be with the crowd. Dan, your guy, Josh Allen, not taking this lightly. Dan Orlowski, Kimberly A. Martin here. Good to see you both. Uh, so, Dan, I'll start with you. I'm excited for this matchup. Good Off game. in good Buffalo, game. you know, Cowboys trying to ride that momentum. Advantage Who Buffalo. Ad- really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's got more to prove Sunday? Is it Dallas or Buffalo? Buffalo, absolutely. I think number one, because the playoffs start this weekend. They really started last weekend for Buffalo. We know that the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. They're fighting to potentially win their division. This is a playoff game for Buffalo, and they got to prove that they're good enough to get in. Even given all the injuries that they've dealt with and the four starters on defense, can they beat a team that's a very good football team? And I would say this, like, I think Buffalo wins the game. I think if Buffalo wins, Josh Allen jumps to the top of the MVP list. And I think the most fascinating part of it is this. Everyone talks about Josh Allen turnovers. He's the most turnover guy ever, like, type of thing. Dallas, that's their calling card. Dan Quinn's defense. So we're talking strength on weakness. And I want to see, and I believe that Josh Allen kind of calms that narrative and conversation this Sunday. Go ahead, Kimberly. Okay, so I'm going to make this quick. So I I completely see where you're coming from, Dan. I'll give a different perspective. I will say Cowboys because when you look at this matchup and you think about the quarterbacks in it, who's the quarterback that you trust in this matchup? For me, it would be Josh Allen, right? Um, Playing on the road, we've looked at the Bills, even though they are 7-6, and they're on the outside looking in. Going into this game, there's still a lot of questions about Dallas. There's still a lot of questions about can Dak make people a believer in him as an MVP quarterback and not just a a game manager? Can this team actually go on the road and beat somebody good? The teams that they've beaten on the road are combined 11-28, and and the interceptions you talked about with the Dallas defense – Dallas has about 13 interceptions, their defense. The Bills have 12, and they're giving up the same amount of passing touchdowns. So. I'm going with Buffalo. I'm going with Buffalo in this game, but I will concede that if the Dallas Cowboys win this game, it's going to say a lot to me about them, things that I haven't thought about them, to be quite honest with you, especially if Dak Prescott goes to Buffalo and he performs lights out. I just got to take a moment to give some love to Josh Allen. He's been through a lot. We've accused him of a lot of things. Uh, he was definitely turnover prone and what have you. But look at him now, 35 touchdowns on the season. The first player in NFL history to have 35 touchdowns in the first 13 games, 25 touchdowns passing, 10 touchdowns rushing. So we got to give love where it's do. Then I'm looking at them offensively. Total offense, 50. Fifth, scoring offense, fifth. Third down, second in efficiency. Red zone efficiency, second. I think Buffalo has the offensive ingredients to win this game. Bill's Mafia is going to have something to do with it. We'll find out if they're ready for the task. Yep. Buffalo favored by two and a half. We'll get much uh, more on this game Everybody in just a bit. And the full NFL the, slate. Oh, my Josh goodness. Train. I'm proud of you guys. Yeah. I'm proud of you guys. You're, you're a trendsetter, like, Dan. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> when, when I care, I'll let you know. When I kill. All right. Let's get back to the NBA. The biggest news out of the association, the NBA has suspended the Warriors' Draymond Green indefinitely. The league making that decision after taking into account Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts, noting he's eligible to return once he meets certain league and team conditions. The discipline was announced a day after Green was ejected from his third game this season, this time for striking Sun Center Yusuf Nurkic in the face. I want to bring back Brian Windhorst and Kendrick Perkins here. And Perk, I'd like to start with you. 
How does Draymond's suspension impact Steph Curry specifically? Well, Molly, the other night I tweeted out when the incident happened, free Steph Curry. And free Steph Curry from all the BS that he's surrounded with right now. And it's not just Draymond Green. We harped on Klay Thompson and what he's going through right now for us, his contract situation and how he's not, you know, the Klay Thompson that we have grown to love and, and for us, his basketball, you know, what he brings on the court. But then you look at Andrew Wiggins. A guy that when they won their last championship, it, you know, one that was the second best player on the team. He has he looked like he has no interest in playing the game of basketball. So we're watching Steph Curry and we're watching him and what he's doing right now, playing at the elite level. You know, him and LeBron James and Kevin Durant are still holding it down for the OGs because these young boys are coming. But when I think about Steph right now, we don't need to be wasting these valuable years of Steph Curry. Steph Curry needs to be competing for a title. And right now, he doesn't have the personnel around him. Outside of Draymond Green actions and what he did over the last, since the start of the season, I'm talking about the altercations, his offensive game and defensive game has been on the, on the, de- on the decline, right? He's not the player of old when it comes to defensively making the impact. And offensively, he's allergic to the basket. So when I think about Steph right now, they have to figure out something. When you think about a generational talent that you have on your roster and Steph Curry to make sure you put the pieces around him that he could compete in a tough Western Conference. Wendy? Even if there was no Draymond Green issues on this roster this year, even if he had played every game and his record was unblemished, this would be a massively important year for the Warriors. It was set up that way. It is the last year of Steve Kerr's contract. Bob Myers has left the organization. It is the last year of Klay Thompson's contract. They did extend Draymond and they did extend Andrew Wiggins at pay cuts. They got rid of Jordan Poole. I know they brought in Chris Paul, but essentially that was an accounting move to clear the books to try to make things more feasible past this year. All of the chips are on the table for this season, which is one of the reasons why Draymond's behavior has been so disappointing. He clearly understands what they're holding, that at $400 million, with a bunch of new rules that are basically the Warriors' rules, it's sort of for the Warriors and the Clippers, but there's these anti-super team rules that, have been, that, have, that are in the middle of being phased in that just make it very, very hard for this team to, to, to remain together. So all of that is on the table. Steph Curry is delivering. After that, there's nothing, there's nobody taking care of their end of the bargain. Other than Joe Lacob, who's writing the checks, nobody's holding up their end of the bargain. Draymond Green is letting him down, absolutely. Andrew Wiggins is letting him down. Klay Thompson is letting him down. Some of the young players have let him down. Chris Paul hasn't been the impact that they wanted. They are not getting everybody else playing at the Steph Curry level. Now, I will say this. We are in December. When you look at the teams ahead of them in the standings, there's very few teams in there that you say, oh my gosh, that's a horribly scary team. By the way, the Clippers are moving in that direction. That's who they play tonight. They are looking good. Kawhi Leonard is regaining his form, and that should put the whole league on notice. But other than the Denver Nuggets, and even the Nuggets have shown some, some flaws this season, there's nobody that you say, oh my gosh, they are insurmountable. So because of that, I don't think... 
you pull the ripcord. And that includes Draymond. I think the Warriors try everything they possibly can to get Draymond back in the fold in a good place, in a good headspace where he can be the player he is. I think you work to find the Clay Thompson form that he had at the end of last season. You work to reactivate Wiggins, to, to marry him up with this version of Steph Curry. But if we get to the end of this year and all of that fails, we're going to be having different conversations. But I don't think we're there yet. Wendy, Perk, um, one of the worst secrets in the world is that I'm uh, I pretty, I, I, I know a few owners pretty well. One of those people would be, one of those people would be Joe Lake. Okay. Now, please understand something. And, and Peter Goober, by the way, uh, who's extraordinary on so many levels, I know him well. Um, these dudes don't play. And I'm not speculating. I don't have to talk to talk to them at this particular moment to tell you what they're thinking. I know them. I can tell you right now what Joe Lacob is thinking. I have to protect my franchise. Enough's enough. I don't have time for this. That's what he's thinking right now. And so what happens is when you talk about protecting the franchise, ladies and gentlemen out there watching this show, I would ask you to pay rapt attention to the kind of things that Brian Wintour just broke down for you because he gave you the numbers. He gave you the contract situation. He gave you the state of affairs. He gave you the numbers that Joe Lacob is doling out and Peter Goober is doling out the kind of money they're paying in luxury tax and beyond. These are businessmen. You see, there's so many people that's out there. They look at you, KP. They look at us. They look at you, Wendy. Oh, man, y'all ain't being real. Y'all ain't being a thinker. No, yes, we're being real. We're not being dumb. We're not devoid of what what comes with business. And this is the thing that drives me crazy. You look at a situation. I'm from the streets of New York City. You're from Beaumont, Texas, KP, what have you. I don't give a damn what streets you're from. If somebody costs you dollars, you got an attitude. Well, how much money do you think they're being cost? I mean, if, you, if you're Joe Laker, what are you thinking about? The hundreds of millions of dollars that you're projecting, that chase into that arena that you built in downtown San Francisco, the money that you thought you were going to bring in and what have you, you had aspirations. Now, if your star fades, that's different. Steph Curry's not, he's not healthy. He gets hurt. He can't do what he does. That's different. The brother looks all world. So I got my superstar, who's my box office attraction, who's playing like a superstar and a box office attraction, and somebody else is messing this up. What? You can't have that. We got a situation with Klay Thompson. 34 point. I hope, boy, I hope he's watching because, listen, I challenge anybody. I got relatives of Clay Thompson that have come up to me. They know how much love I got for this brother. I have always believed in Clay Thompson. What the hell is wrong with him? 34.3% shooting from three-point range, a career worst. First eight years in this league, nine of his first ten years in this league. This man has shot better than 40% from three-point range. What the hell are you doing? I'm looking. I got this study. When do you appreciate this? Ready for this perk? Of the 77 players with at least 250 field goal attempts this season, Clay Thompson, one of the top five shooters in NBA history in my estimation, has the second worst field goal percentage shooting at 39.7%. Only Fred Van Vliet is worse. You got to be kidding me. This is what we're talking about here. So then you couple all of that with Draymond getting into these issues. I assure you, I, are you ready for this, Perk? I'll bet my check on it. You don't hear me say that. You don't hear me say something like that. 
I will bet my check on it. I promise you. I promise you. All of this basketball stuff everybody talking about, oh, no, that's going to get usurped by business decisions. Protecting the franchise. Remember those three words. Protecting the franchise. Those three words. Remember I said it because that is going to influence the decisions that are coming down the pike in the days and the weeks to come. Stephen A. said it. You can book it. I know this man. And rightfully so. But but I say, uh, Wendy, let me say this. We, we took a deep dive into Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and rightfully so because they have not been playing up the par. Matter of fact, they've been stinking to join up. I get it. But Steve Kerr is not exempt from this either. And when I think about Steve Kerr and I think about all the other coaches in the NBA, I'm watching coaches imp- like put in younger guys into their championship contender teams, right, to also give these young guys valuable minutes, be able to play through their mistakes. I said this at the start of the season. The Golden State Warriors are the only team right now that's out there contending for a championship but are not building for the future. When is Steve Kerr going to start, you know, trusting Jonathan Gaminga enough when he's going to allow this man to play through his mistakes and give him extended minutes? They did draft him in the lottery. Moses Moody. What about Moses Moody? Can he get extended minutes? They draft him with a lottery pick. And so when I think about the direction, yes, you want to continue to respect what Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins has done for the organization, but you also want to look at the future. You want to give these guys an opportunity. And I will say that Steve Kerr, he has to have some blame in this because he hasn't just been coaching his ass off either. Well, can I say this real quick? When is he going to do it, Perk? He's going to do it. He's going to do it right now. He's going to do it. He, he's going to do it right now because he. One of the reasons why this Draymond situation is so hurtful is that after a couple of weeks of thinking about it, Steve Kerr was making a big move the other night in Phoenix. He benched Clay. He benched Wiggins. He benched Kevon Looney in the second half of that game. Clay Thompson ended that. It was a close one possession game. Clay was on the bench. He had Kaminga in there. He had Pajemski, their uh, their number one draft pick in there. And with Draymond out indefinitely, Moses Moody's going to play. So that's uh, going to happen, Perk. I don't know whether uh, it's going to work, but it's going to happen starting now. Steve, Stephen A., did you hear Wendy? Did you hear Wendy? Yeah. He benched he bench Clay Thompson. Okay, so, yeah. uh, you, you know, a month ago, I said that the Warriors should consider trading Clay Thompson. Right, because he's not there. I believe that Clay Thompson need a fresh start. I believe that Clay Thompson on the Philadelphia 76ers alongside of Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey under the coaching of Nick Nurse would be a hell of a move, right? I don't know if the Warriors will want to play with that and get a Tobias Harris and some first-round picks. Yeah, but you, but, but, you and I, oh. but you and I, but you and I both know Clay would rather be in L.A. Clay, Clay, Clay. Okay. If, if Clay okay. ain't to go to state, he want to be he want to be a Laker. Oh, okay, we know that. Okay. Okay, but that's fine. But but think about it right then. That's a move. If Steve Kerr make that move, he probably lose Clay Thompson for the season. If he start benching well, or make, make an adjustment, well, I'm saying if he start riding with his younger guys, they say right over yeah, Clay. But he Thompson. has to. No, no, no. From what I'm being told. He has to. Number one, he finally realizes it because he's pacified the veterans too long. 
And that, and that has curtailed the development of the young dudes. But now that's no longer the case because Kaminga's coming on strong. Pod is better than they thought he was going to be. Wiggins, I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. I don't know. If, so, I, I don't know what the hell is wrong with Wiggins. He so just sees he just sees lost and out of space half the time. All right. What that means Again, for, what that means for Clay? Well, well here's my point. Here's my point. It could mean a lot if the brother goes out there and shows you a little something, something. The fact is, is that if you're another team and you're watching what you believe to be as a decline, how much may you be willing to give up for? Because you can't just let Clay go for nothing. Exactly. I, you can't I do that. Exactly. I know, but I don't. It's Clay Thompson. But, 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 but look. And you know I've been very, very critical. Wendy and Stephen A. are the Golden State Warriors. But when it comes down to Clay, I strongly believe it has nothing to do with the game of basketball, why he is struggling. Again, I'm going to tell you this, right? Playing with – I played with over 12 Hall of Famers. You name them. Right, KG, right, Paul Pierce, right, Ray Allen. Right. The list goes on. LeBron James. When something was bothering them in their personal life, we did not get the best performance out of them. Until they got it cleared up, until whatever they was going through, yes. we did not get the best version of them. Right now, I don't believe hold we're going to get the best version of Clay Thompson. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I get that. And I'm not trying to say that doesn't factor into the equation. Of course it does. But there are moments when you just got your ass kicked. It ain't that complicated. When I watch Booker give it to him last year, Clay Thompson admitted in the offseason, Booker was giving it to me. They were looking forward to this. What happened the other night? Clay Thompson shoot two or ten. Booker dropped 32. I mean, some, I understand there's some stuff going on in your head. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking basketball right now. Sometimes you just run into somebody that whips your ass. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to Devin Booker. And so when you look at it from that perspective, now we got to look at are you quick afoot? Are you the defensive player that you once were? Obviously not. Now it's affecting your shooting as well. Why is that? You can say psychologically, or it's because you can't create the space that you used to be able to create. You can't post up and shoot around jumpers over a cat the way that you used to. As your skills are dissipating to some degree, others are elevating, and they're calling you on it. And Clay Thompson is admitting they're calling you on it. He, Devin Booker is the first, and I can't wait to see Devin Booker against uh, Paul George, by the way. That's going to be epic. I'm looking forward to that, but that's a different subject for another day. At this moment, Clay Thompson has to show us that he can remind us of what he used to be. We ain't seeing that yet. It's the bottom line. Yep. All right, we'll leave it there, guys. The Warriors are 10-13 and 13 right now, 11th in the West. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Let's get into some hoops. Last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo sets a Bucks record with 64 points, but that wasn't the whole story last night. Antetokounmpo broke the team record uh, set by Michael Red in 2006, going 20-28 from the field and 24-32 from the line in a 141-26 win against the Pacers. But the feat quickly took a backseat to the scuffle after the game when Giannis exchanged words with members of Indiana and raced toward the Pacers' locker room to retrieve the game ball, which Rick Carlisle said his team had taken to commemorate Oscar Shibwe's first career point. Here's Giannis. <laughs> oh, we're going to not play that Giannis uh, sound right now because we got a lot going oh. on here, folks. Uh, Perk, I'll start with you. What's your reaction to everything that went down in Indy? I, I love when people stay petty so they don't have to get petty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Look, here's the thing. The Indiana Pacers, though, good damn and well, they wasn't getting that ball to give to their young fella who just sco- who scored his first NBA bucket. I have never heard of that, okay? You give out basketballs because of guys that reach milestones. And the fact of the matter is Giannis deserved that, that ball. When you drop a 64-piece wing, then all drumsticks have a narrow style the way that he did, Damn it, that's his basketball. That's a basketball that you take home and put up in your trophy case or you give to your mother like Giannis said. And the fact is, is that Giannis, I mean, he shouldn't have to do all this to get the game ball. This is ridiculous. Without question, it is. 64 points. What is it? 64 points, about 14 rebounds. Only five different players in NBA history have done that. I think it's Will Chamberlain. He did it 15 times. Elgin Baylor twice. Michael Jordan and David Robinson did it once each. Uh, but this is really not about that. I mean, the reality is, is that if you're the Indiana Pacers, if you wanted to be a-holes and you wanted to act that way and say, look, we don't feel like giving you the ball, just stand on it and say so. As opposed to using a rookie as an excuse and talking about a rookie who by by the way, was a member of the losing team, his first career basket. So because of that, you want to give this to him. Everybody knows that's a lie. Everybody knows that's not. So I've never, I, in all my years of covering NBA, I've never heard of giving a rookie the game ball in a loss when that rookie, just because the rookie scored his first basket. I've never heard of it in my life. I've never heard of it in all my years of covering basketball. It makes no sense whatsoever. And, I'm again, if you're Giannis, 
as great as you are, you're a two-time league MVP, you're a defensive player of the year, you're, you're an NBA champion, you're NBA Finals MVP. In the grand scheme of things, this is not a big deal. So one could argue he didn't, he should not have reacted that way. He should have just shrugged it aside and dismissed them as being as petty as we all know them to be in this particular situation. Because I like Indiana, but I don't like what they did last night. But still, come on, it's like. You know, I don't blame him for being a bit perturbed because, you know, that was completely unnecessary. Paces were wrong. Yeah, Mm. I mean, they were wrong. But Giannis is a passionate guy, and we never want to steal that away from Giannis. No, it shows how much he cares about, like, everything. (laughs) I kind of love it. 